MC and Bob Odenkirk have teamed up once again for a 40-minute comedy drama called Lucky Hank. On this podcast, we like to review the most recent installments of a different series every show. The pilot we're discussing was written by series creators Paul Lieberstein and Aaron Zellman, and has the same director as The Green Book and Dumb and Dumber. The plot revolves around a sarcastic English professor teaching unexceptional kids at an unremarkable college, frustrated with his lack of career success after living under his father's shadow all his life. The show premiered Sunday night. It's March 20th. Welcome to today's episode. I have four scenarios here. Three are true and one is a lie. And I want to see if you can guess which one the lie is. They're all based off of people that have like worked on this show. So... The first one is, as of now, Bob Odenkirk, who is in The Disaster Artist, he makes a cameo, is set to play Johnny, the main character of The Room, in The Room remake coming out soon. That's the lie. Yeah, go ahead. And then the second one is, Paul Lieberstein, before pursuing a career in entertainment, was a practicing dentist for several years, even earning his degree from Harvard for dental medicine. I believe it. The third one is executive producer Mark Johnson said he is friends with Richard Russo, the author, and at one point they sent uh, the script to DreamWorks and were going to make it a feature film. Well, given that Richard Russo is an executive producer, definitely. And then the fourth one is Cedric Yarbrough, who plays Paul Rourke in this show, also played Officer Meow Meow Fuzzy Face in BoJack yes. Horseman. That is also true. It's the first one. The first one? I'm going to say it's the first one. That's that is actually false. Bob Odenkirk is set so out is to play dentist? Johnny. Yeah, it is. Okay. is yes. ChatGPT, once again, help me with that. Do you know who Paul Lieberstein is? I wasn't sure if you knew him by name. Well, I clearly didn't know that he wasn't a dentist, so no. He is uh, Toby from The Office. Oh, for real? Yeah, okay. so what they did was they got Paul Lieberstein and Aaron Zellman. Aaron Zellman is no more for drama. Paul Lieberstein, obviously, more for comedy. And I thought that they kind of mixed it well here. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so you actually know who Mark Johnson is. Mark Johnson? Okay, he's the, sorry, he's the executive producer. Why I, was I said Richard Russo. Yeah, you know he's the Richard one who Russo made is. Straight Man, because that was what they said at the beginning and said it's a novel called Straight Man. I actually like that they called Lucky Hank here because it reminds me of Everybody Loves Raymond. It was, where, yeah, well, it was actually set to be Straight Man, but then they decided to change the title back in January 2023. Yeah, I don't think that Straight Man would have gone over super well. Like, I, I feel like audiences would have judged it just based off the title. They would have thought it was like a woke show, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can understand that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so what's the book about? The book is based off of Russo's life, really his time as a professor, I think, at like Southern Illinois University and Southern Connecticut University as well. It's written in first person. I think the show actually follows it pretty closely. So his father is like a famous writer as well, maybe? Because that's this guy has daddy issues. Yeah, no, I know. And and actually, I think that his father has already been cast. Like, he's supposed to show up later in the series. Yeah, I know. We saw a picture of him already. Let's talk about the story like this. You got Hank's storyline, and then you have his wife's storyline, his daughter's storyline, a little bit about the school. But let's just concentrate on the main one. Before, so Hank before we jump into it, though, do you think that this role was written for Bob Odenkirk? Oh, um, I think AMC definitely wanted to cast him in it uh yes no it no, wasn't okay. it, it, it basically there was this whole story on it but yeah so many people saw bob odenkirk in this role even for the trailer and thought that it was written specifically for him like okay. it always had him in mind and they didn't so there was no one no was, yeah was, okay so it wasn't like someone passed on it and he got it all right so the first shot that we see is hank our main character He's staring out into this river. It's this beautiful landscape. 
you find out really quickly that he's actually at Railton College, but it looks more like a Monet photo or well, painting at I, first. I was going to say, this is an odd thing to compliment on, but the camera's turning, and I really like the way that it was lit. Because, the direction? Yeah. Later on, when he has a phone call with his dad and he gets bumped into by a student, they do this weird thing with the audio that also was really cool with the direction or editing. I'm not sure which to credit. But um, getting back here... The first scene we actually see, I think that's where they really set the basis or set the table for the rest of the show, not just the episode. Because Hank is shown daydreaming at a table full of students who are participating in a peer review of their papers. Mm -hmm. So you have one student, I think his name is Bartow, yeah. right? And he's reading off his entire script that he's written and Hank isn't doing anything. Like as the teacher, not only just the professor, but also the English chair department head or whatever, he is, yeah, the rest of the students look to him to like provide some form of notes and he doesn't want to do that. Um, he literally tells Bartow to just look at his old notes. What did you think of that scene? I liked the first scene. I thought that, like you said, it set it up really well. It gave you such a good like uh, representation of William's character. Yeah, I mean, I meant more what happened right afterwards, because this is where Hank becomes sort of the protagonist. At first, he's represented as kind of a mean dude. Like, mm -hmm. you wouldn't want this as your teacher. But Bartow, the undergrad, doesn't actually want notes for his paper. Even like, he's though asking he, for it. Even though he, he uses wants, the words criticism, yeah. He, he wants praise. Yeah, he exactly. Wants, he wants what the other students were giving him, which is basically, you're the best writer we've ever heard. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing here. You should already be published. But Hank I, starts, I have to say, Bartow's character was one of my favorites in this You episode. like how his smug persona... I don't know if I remember that many kids from college who acted that way towards a professor. I definitely remember kids getting mad at their professors. I even had a kid like march out of class once who just like stood up in class because he was so <laughs> upset with the physics professor who kind of sucked. But at the same time, this took it to a different degree because... Obviously, Bartow is a freshman, and he just has this giant ego, mm -hmm. right? So he was insulted, and so what he does is he then insults Hank about his failed career, and Hank then goes on a little rant talking about how none of the students there will achieve their dreams or uh, amount to very much what because I like, the school's mediocre and the teachers are also mediocre. What I like about that scene, though, is that it's not just the fact that William does that. He also almost agrees with the student. He's like, yeah, I am not a good enough teacher to be able to bring out of you the good writer that you see in yourself and yeah. things like that like he it's it's almost yeah, self-deprecation self-deprecation yeah that's the word i was going to look for not really modest but just yeah i i really enjoyed it so you watched him go after a crappy student and then it kind of reminded me of the newsroom first scene because it defined our main character who in that one was played by jeff daniels right mm -hmm. as this disabused of any hope uh figure <laughs> so like you're not going to watch a happy-go-lucky guy right yeah and we know that and uh, so it's easier to root for him. He kind of resembles closer to what J.K. Simmons played in Whiplash than the Ted Lasso kind of pat you on the back, oh, yeah, give you a uh, mental like uh, foresurance. And then also like Walter White. Walter White was actually a happier teacher, I think, than <laughs> Hank is. Because <laughs> Walter loved to teach. And it doesn't seem like that this is his calling as much. I would say both are just as unlucky, though. Because with Walter White, if you remember, he was so strapped for cash that he had to literally work at a car wash. And then when he was working at a car wash, some of the students, like he was washing some of the students' cars. Here, William seems just as unhappy. And not only does he seem unhappy, but like it blows back on him because we're in this age of social media and this thirst for drama. So in the middle of the night, it turns out that Bartow's dad is the local we weatherman. He's pretty famous. And so the story breaks about Hank's tirade in class and it gets public attention. What did you think of his middle of the night texts? 
from all his co like professors. <laughs> all the people calling him just an asshole and everything well gracie was the one who called him an asshole tony emily paul billy those are the other people who work in the department obviously he's the lead but some are mad at him again primarily gracie she hits him with the notebook that ends up uh, oh. getting nabbed in his nose yeah. you see that in the trailer and then some of it some of them find it funny though like billy didn't really care that much i don't think tony cared too much and the next day when Hank is getting some side-eye glances from the other um, students and Bartow even approaches him again asking for an apology. You also know that the dean is asking to see him. And so you're like, oh, no, is his job in trouble? And but obviously, I mean, the dean being played by Oscar Nunez, you have the Paul Lieberstein connection there as what, well. Yeah. What did you think of how he plays a mediator? Because that is what I see Oscar as playing. When he's not playing an evil role, he always plays sort of like the middleman, <laughs> the one who's supposed to like calm things. Down. Here he seemed like a wimp, though. No, Here he didn't. Seemed, it seemed like he it didn't have like that he much. To do his job. He didn't have that much control over William, though. Like William he wasn't was... supposed to. He was like Cuddy in House, except even with less power. So Cuddy could actually fire House if she wanted to, but he was so good at his job that she never like. She always fought against having to do that. Dean uh, Rose, right? That's yeah. his name. Yeah, he he is stuck because he doesn't really want to fire him, but he is being called by all the board members. But because uh, Hank is the department chair head, he's got tenure. He's like double unfireable, right? And yep. then we also learn that his dad, William Henry Devereux Sr., is pretty distinguished as a writer himself and has retired at the age of 82 and has been written up on a big newspaper. But he also abandoned Hank when he was just like 14 years old. So Hank has those daddy issues that we already mm -hmm. talked about. Um, that just is happening on the side. But what ends up happening because of this whole uh, blow up is that Gracie designs a coup to get <laughs> Hank uh, not fired, but kicked out or de-chaired in like succession style. Remember mm -hmm. in the first season of succession when Logan was like made aware at the last second that his son was going to try to get him voted off the yeah, board. No, so no, what no. did he do? He showed up. And he stayed there. So yeah. that's what Hank does. It was episode but Hank five, wasn't yeah. really caring whether or not he was going to stay, whether or not they were going to kick him off. I, I but he did want to see it happen. Just to come in here with a quick fact. Yeah. So the actress that plays Lily, uh, Hank's wife. Yes. Is actually, well, we were, yeah. She's actually married to Connor Roy uh, or Alan Ruck. Oh, Alan From Ruck. Succession and Ferris Bueller and, and, and all For Sure. things so yeah persons of not persons of interest but there was that one show with the cameras a long time ago in like 2010 i forgot what it was called though anyways um so gracie's vote goes down he gets de-chaired but then this is where the show becomes like predictable because we're like 30 minutes in by now and it, it as soon as they say we don't know who's going to replace him i'm like oh he's just going to get his job back in the next scene and lo and behold that's what happens he's now technically vulnerable to firing so he's making plans to like leave but fortunately the next day all the teachers couldn't figure out or coordinate well, well enough like... who they wanted so they ended up accidentally voting him back in as the main guy in kind of like a weird piece of irony well but, there's a couple things there yeah. one it seems like hank even though he did want to keep his job wasn't he, like you said he wasn't too worried about it and one of the board members just decided to vote hank because he was just kind of doing it as a practical joke or like a throwaway as, vote is what he called as a it. form of abstaining but again when gracie was designing the coup to begin with i thought that she would follow through and say then vote me in and i promise to do you all favors that's why i thought she was gonna do because she says uh because they wait the whole entire day before they do the vote for the next people and i was like okay gracie is obviously going 
going to go to someone and be like, hey, I'm going to need your help here or a couple people. Yeah, but to me, it was like just the story format. It felt like he had to keep his position there. So it just seemed as if that that was what they were going to go with, where he would just un- unintentionally be like, I thought Tony was going to uh, write him in. And so would Billy. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he would actually get the votes. Instead, it was just a fluke. Um, the other storylines, because that's kind of where they leave it. The other thing that happens to Hank is that he plays racquetball with Diedrich uh, Bader from Veep. But, like, that's just his friend. I think that's more set up for the future. Yeah. They have some other storylines we'll get to like that. But his wife's storyline, he's she's sort of the opposite to Hank, which I, I liked. I thought it was good for a balance between the two of them because they clearly love each other. But while Hank low-key hates his students, she goes to bat for them. Well, like, she's a she's principal. The, I wasn't sure if she was a vice principal or principal, but she is the principal of her high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is just much more optimistic. And she's also not afraid to call Hank out on his bullshit or for over- overthinking the stuff with his um, dad. And uh, I did feel legitimately bad for her when he led her on because she passed on a job to New York, which she really wanted four months earlier. And he led her to believe that he was now ready to go to New York if she were to look into that job. She does exactly that so that they can move in and have like Peter Lugers and go to MoMA and all that stuff. And then as soon as she tells him that uh, she she still has the job opportunity and seems so hopeful about it, that's when he pulls the rug out. And he's like, actually, I don't want to leave yet. So I could understand why, like, it didn't feel like it was crafted to just get her upset. It felt like that was an actual reason to get upset. Yeah. And she didn't even, like, blow up on him or anything. So I liked her character. It and seems then, like she's the moral compass for the show, though. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Also, the show narrated portions of it which we haven't talked about, we get Hank's narration. And I thought some of his funniest uh, narration parts were when he was talking about his daughter, especially the part where he like figured out she was going to be asking for money. And so he, you saw him like running away from right. the house yeah. as her and her boyfriend like tried to s- find a way in order to like make the money back from him. Yeah. I'll say this about that storyline. So uh, obviously you've seen that storyline done a million different times. I found that scene fine where he was running away. My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the episode though was when you got the argument and then it just cut randomly the in the grams. middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean like you get like kind of the startup but I was like, okay, this is just going to be one of the blow up scenes and then it was like, no, they knew that you knew what was basically happening so they just decided to cut it in the middle and i found that pretty funny it's also interesting that it's 40 minutes as opposed to a 60 minute pilot i'm so used to getting 60 minute pilots now it did feel nice to have it like consolidated and again it, down. it's on tv and it's on like three different channels it was shown on, on amc though. it was on, shown on amc yeah now i think bbc america one and also ifc as well so. okay what do you think of the future setup so there's a storyline where the president keeps on calling dean and at first we're led to believe it's because hank might be fired but really the dean is making it seem as if it's more about the school being in trouble for some reason probably because of financial I assume like, money wise yeah i mean that's the whole entire thing like uh oscar nunez what's his actual name in the show again again dean rose dean yes. rose yeah dean rose he basically says yeah you're gonna have to get rid of three professors well no that was for the budget of their specific department i think it's just a budget overall issue though of the school being. yes that's why the president down. is they might even be closing railton college who knows maybe that's what the season arc is the other setup that they had is that um Marnie called Hank and Marnie is Hank's dad's secretary telling him that Stephanie, his father's third wife, 
had left him and that his father should not be left alone at this time and that he should go and make amends with him even though he hasn't seen him since he's 14 years old yeah which was weird but you could tell that that was going to bother hank for a good amount of episodes <laughs> um i all uh, do you have pros and cons uh i mean like i'm kind of just going through them as we're talking about Great. each scene um one of my pros was that i like how no one is truly evil in this we see bartow but i think he's just more a smug arrogant teen yeah but like he's not evil and we see gracie who i think is just projecting her own sadness in life as to why she wanted to gracie she, chair i don't think she's evil she though. could have been a really annoying character because there are other tv shows that have that similar type of character but no i, I agree with you i felt like she actually had some humanity to her and, and i recognize nice the actress that. Yeah, yeah i recognize the actress i just forgot from where um, Hank being middle-aged, fed up, uh, misunderstood guy. That's not the most original concept to start like a TV, like a, the center of your show around, but calling him lucky Hank. Um, that mm-hmm. was, that's what I like about it. Um, I like that they changed the name. I think I mentioned that already. Um, and then the sarcastic one-liners that he gave did remind me a little bit of House mixed with his Better Call Saul character. The show is, no, or sorry, the book is known for its quips that it has in it. But they must have implemented, unless the book was made like last year. I, I think it came out in like 1997. Yeah, so they must have added this one because he mentions his fantasy pickleball league as if that was a real <laughs> thing. It's, it's clearly just a joke that he makes, but that wouldn't have been in the book. And that was really funny. Uh, also, the wife reminds me of the Friday Night Lights character that Connie Britton plays partially because of the way that he was about to move for her but then decided not to in the Friday Night Lights show he does end up moving that's, for Connie Britton's character that's not a bad comparison I always have trouble pronouncing her name I think it's Marielle Enos uh do you know she mostly does dramas like The Killing uh World War Z Gangster Squad and Hannah I think as of late so yeah that's I, all I really haven't heard you remember that Joel McHale show that just came out the Animal Control Animal one Control, yeah yeah well, in that show, they have a bunch of characters that they tried to make us feel for or, or, or tried to make funny in the first episode because it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did a better job making his his cast of department, like the people in the uh, English department, funnier just <laughs> by their quick introduction there and giving them personalities than they were able to do in the Animal yeah, Control no, show. Yeah, no, I, I agree The Animal that. Control show just felt a lot more cliche. And then the last thing I have is that his most better call Solly moment was when he said, you think I'm trying to get fired? Like, he sounded like his Better Call Saul <laughs> character there. I know that sounds that sounds like, obviously, he's not the same guy, but it, that literally could have been taken from one of the episodes where in the second season he was trying to lose his job at a big firm because he just was tired of it mm-hmm. and bored of it. Um, I give this pilot an 8. I, yeah, I give it an 8 out of 10, too. I know that they also ended with... I just found it funny because I recognized the song. Um, it was a song that was used in the Suicide Squad trailer, but that was a lot more dramatic when it was used there cool. than with this one over here. I know that when they uh, came to Bob Odenkirk with the script, it was about two years ago. It was right before his heart attack. Oh. Um, and it turned out that Mark Johnson, the producer, was scared to go to Bob Odenkirk because he was scared that he was going to reject it with all the work that he was doing on Better Calls All, but Aaron Zellman, who has also worked on uh, a lot of things with him in the past, decided just to go to him anyways. And then, and then he was like, "Yeah, sure." He read the pilot, was really interested in doing it. And then, uh, yeah, and also they've been trying to bring just this story to screen for 15 years. Yeah, it's that like, makes sense with you saying the book was made in 97. And again, they them also trying to like make it into a movie at one point and all the different things. How did you know that Peter Farley directed this episode and that he was the director of Green Book? 
Um, oh, I looked that up because I was like, they have to have someone in the pri- in the pilot episode that has done other things. I was going to say, yeah, he's worked as a director on things like Hall Pass, Three Stooges, Dumb and Dumber 2, and Movie 43, which he won a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Director and Worst Picture. But then, yeah, in 2018, he, he wrote, turned it all around. He wrote Green Book. <laughs> he got the Golden Globe Award and Best Picture for uh, the Oscars and also earned something I never heard about before, a Razzie Redeemer Award oh, for that cool. movie as well. So like you can undo. I the only other person that I always will remember got a Razzie was Catwoman. Uh, Halle Berry. Halle Berry the for most, that like, role. famous moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the show has gotten pretty good reviews. It has a 7.4 on IMDb, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is a little lower. It's at like 60%. That is a lot lower. How yeah. is it that low? I don't know. I think that when I was reading what like audience members were saying, they were just saying, I think they don't like like the cynicism of uh, of the main character. That would say, but... I mean, <laughs> that's just house. Time Magazine ended their review of the show by saying, Hank, oh, here, oh, Hank is no soul, at least for now. But if you're a fan of Odenkirk and campus drama is your comfort food, then go ahead and dig in. I get that. If you're like really into his Better Call Saul character. And also, yeah, his narration wasn't always the best. Now that I think about it, it wasn't my favorite part of the show. The only part I really liked was when he was talking about his daughter that way. But mm-hmm. like the jokes themselves and the actual action scenes that are happening, I think, well, like make the show better. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. They shot it in Vancouver. The show was greenlit back in April 2022, and it's going to be eight episodes. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.